0: Transition from a corporate career to an entrepreneur has something that's always interested me. And in today's episode, I talked to a dear friend of mine, Colette, Colette Hennigan, who had a promising corporate career. Um, I had the pleasure of working with her and her drive, her ambition, her passion, uh, truly inspired me. Um, she was a fast riser in the company and yet a life-changing event uh, um, made her rethink her passion, made her rethink her future, made her rethink her purpose and her values, which led her on to going back to study, back to university, and as a result, forming Optimum Living. Uh, so for the star- past 13 years, Colette has dedicated her life to working with executives, working with some of the biggest names in the industry to uh, improve performance amongst individuals and teams um, to rethink their their health, to rethink their nutrition, how it impacts their performance. Um, Colette has gone on to co-author a book. She has spoken at large events. Uh, she's a coach um, and also founding her business uh, has enabled her to spend time as a new mom. And that in itself has brought challenges which Colette will share. So I do hope that you enjoy this episode with myself and Colette. Welcome to Conscious Conversations. <laughs> Colette, how are you?
1: Oh, great. Thank you. Great
0: it to be here and chat to you today. It's been ages. I think the last time you and I physically. We're in the same room together was when we were both at vodafone which was seemed so long ago and i remember you you joined as a graduate
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're a graduate hire yeah and you were this
1: you called me the student
0: i called you the student did i yeah <laughs> i was the older guy the student yeah <laughs> uh, but i remember i think you 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 had this bundle of energy that when mm. you came in and I, I and that's something i remember if i speak to some old colleagues like do you remember claire oh yeah yeah she just like yeah she was like a tornado in a room she'd just come in and everyone she'd get everyone rolled up and I went yeah that that was collect a bundle <laughs> That's so of energy nice
1: to know I didn't know this at the time this thank is, you for telling is, me so, now <laughs>
0: yeah no no I let a couple of old friends like Suki and Will Watson some familiar names there and I'm yeah. interested in, and so yeah so big hi from from the old crew we're all definitely old now but so great to have you so much has changed look at you you're now running your own business but mm-hmm. like all of us you had a journey that started in the in the busy bustling world of corporate
1: mm-hmm.
0: but in more so at the height of the mobile era in the uk uh-huh. both of us are at yeah. vodafone so but now you are a holistic nutritionist and an author running your own company and a mom mm-hmm. i'd love to know that journey from the, the desire you had to be the CEO of Vodafone to now being your own <laughs> CEO that. of your own company. Yeah,
1: I remember that. I'm very impressed by your memory. You're clearly doing something right, Vikas, uh, because uh, you can remember that far back. Yeah, that was my desire, was, uh, you know, to be a CEO of, if not Vodafone, something similar, you know, multinational corporate. And I was incredibly driven as a youngster. Um, still am now, kind of saying that, um, but in a different way, I guess. Uh, And I thought the answer lay there, really, you know, in that recognition externally in the corporate world. Um, And because of my passion for the job, you know, I I got some incredible support at work. You know, I got put on training courses. I was recognized for new jobs. I was promoted. um, I was paid pretty decently. Always could have been more, obviously, but, you know, pretty decent. (laughs) and uh, um you know so i had like the trappings that you would imagine that come with um that kind of life too you know of being passionate about your work um getting the coaching and the training in and all of those things buying a house pretty young and driving a nice car and all those things were great um for a while and uh, and i think it was until they wasn't
0: <laughs> what happened what was the tipping point for you
1: um The tipping point was that I felt I needed some time out um, and I was finding that even just I was still in my 20s at this point that I was just tired a lot Um, and I would wake up in the morning the alarm would go off and I'd go is it that time already you know Mm. like oh my goodness I can't believe it's I've just not slept I've not had enough sleep I need more sleep and those would be my first thoughts every morning. And then this would just kind of carry on. Cause then I'd make a cup of tea. I'd go, oh, I haven't got time for breakfast, I need to get out, I need to be on a call, I need to jump on a train, I need to get to the airport, etc. I'll grab something. And it used to be a pastry or whatever I could find, you know, in those various places. Um, and then uh, if it was a flight, an only flight, I'd then be asleep on the flight, you yeah. know, and then be waking up somewhere else and 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 I just found that when it came to the things that I really wanted to do, perhaps like at the weekends with my friends and family, I thought, oh, no, I just need to rest. I just need to be. And I so I thought, well, I'm only in my 20s and late 20s, but, you know, I already don't have the energy for the life that I really want to want to do and the things I want to be. And and uh, so I just started to question what was going on. Hmm. I saw like a real lack around me of other really vibrant, healthy individuals too. And it, this is not to say that particular company was unhealthy, no stretch, but this is like a, you know, something that you see across the board. And I, I think I asked some of my colleagues at the time, um, you know, what do they do? Are they tired? And they were like, yeah, <laughs> it's life. Get used yeah, to it.
0: We were. It's scary, right? <laughs> I think it, I think kid, it's you know? scary because it, it's, you know, I think what we, we, you know, the, the, the problem with that, as great as it was, we've all been conditioned to to do a nine to five, right? It's come from our parents, it's come through history itself. And we were talking about the Industrial Revolution earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the problem is what we don't realise is that no one tells us that there's a price to pay. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a price to pay for that time, there's a price to pay for the, the amount of hours you put in. And if you don't really grab hold of your own reins of your chariot, yeah, then you don't know where you're going no and and when we mean drag the reins it's like your personal life because something's got to give when you put so much time in when you get up at you know 5am to get that 8am flight Mm. to the airport and you've slept at midnight barely packing everything you need for for a two-day three-day weekend or 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 conference
1: and you're nervous about missing the flight you know so there's then not that real rest and yeah all anxiety that comes with that
0: exactly and that sleep on the plane is when it's That's that exactly. relief that, oh, I made it right. I can I can now relax because I've got two hours to do nothing. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly that. Um, and it's like it's actually a non-negotiable because your body is like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to cope with this. And you you have to you have to go to sleep. And it's one of the things now, actually, that I really notice when I do fly, especially when I fly for work, um, is how many business people are asleep on flights. And these are not even early morning ones. They're yes. just tired Through and I, just, I make a note of them. They're just asleep all over yeah. the place. Their body is just like, make me horizontal. I'm just, you know, I'm so shattered. I'll take whatever opportunity I can get.
0: I know it's funny you say that I, I, in my previous role I did when I, when I was at my, Microsoft, there was a I was doing a lot of traveling and I would notice that Like I would consciously take a flight the day before. If I had to go for one day, I, mm-hmm. I, I suffered from that, you know, the, the flight to Amsterdam was only an hour and a half. So it'd be like, bang, I'll leave at 5am, get the 7.30 flight. And yeah. I'll be back at 5. But I actually felt like the whole day was like three days. I've not slept.
1: Uh-huh. And I
0: remembered that I made a conscious effort. That I'm going to actually travel the day before just mm-hmm. to relax. And I noticed even taking a three o'clock flight, I would notice how many seats as soon as the, the ping of like, un, un, you know, you can unclip your seatbelt. It wasn't seat belts or unclipping; it was seats just going down mm. at three o'clock in the afternoon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's literally like our uh, homeostatic kind of survival mode kicks in and it's saying you need to be horizontal, you know, because it knows that's where you're going to rest. And so you'll see people slump and you also see this in offices as well. And the way that people are presenting themselves and how Mm -hmm. they're sat in their chairs, because, again, that kind of mode in the brain is saying, um, I I really need to rest. I shouldn't really be talking. So I'm just going to sit back further in my chair. (laughs) <laughs> a bit further and and they can't control that 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 posture because they're just you know retired and so i guess that's where i'd got with it i was like oh i'm really tired and i was suffering a few things like bloatedness i felt my clothes weren't fitting quite so well i had um a skin condition on my face which was like hormone related but it was quite painful so i'd all trying to cover it up so I didn't really know where these things were coming from because I just considered myself as healthy, which is that naivety, I think, of being young and just thinking you're healthy because you're young, really. And mistaking um, busy for active. Yeah. So I think because I was busy, I was active when in reality, I you know, this was before the age of wearing uh, Fitbits and, you know, wearable technology where you could gauge this. I just wasn't that active. Mm. And I was sat for long periods of time and um, not moving for periods of time. I wasn't exposed to sunlight. I used to, um, one of the things I really noticed when I changed my career was that I always knew what was going on with the weather. Whereas in the past, I just didn't know if it was, you know, what was going on outside. We just carried on. Yeah, exactly that. So, So I think I looked around and I kind of felt a bit disillusioned and I made some changes for myself that had positive effects. And I wanted to learn more. And right then at that time, there was a bit of a well-being change. This was like, say, 14 years ago, like a step change. And we started to see these coffee table books, beautiful big coffee table books, really with women on the front, spiralizing and green juicing and doing these kind of things. So well-being had taken a front seat in terms of publishing, Mm. but it was all a bit unattainable, you know, because you needed special equipment, you needed time. I didn't have any of that. I was too busy. I had a big job. You need a personal
0: trainer, a nutritionist, a mindset coach, a well-being. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing. You need this entourage of people. Yeah.
1: And so that really peed me off at the time. So I was just like, well, where do I start? No one's saying just start here today. Mm. And so that's really the sentiments of what I do now is always you can start here today with what we've got. And that really was never apparent to me. So it's always like making it really practical for the person. Um, it's become more so now, um, as we, you know, it becomes more mainstream, Uh, obviously it's a boardroom issue now, employee well-being, Yeah. It's now up there. It is the number one HR trend for 2023. Um, and so from that perspective, it is, it talks about, it's not just a tick box, it's strategy. Mm. And thank God for that because we can't move any further. I don't think away from the human being in working environments. Yeah. Or we really are going to do ourselves a massive disservice.
0: So, so it was effectively a, a kind of a, a personal awakening. Yeah. It was more so. I'm really not happy with the way I'm living my life right now, mm. and I can see the early signs. Because not everyone sees that, right? I think um, I listened to one of your one of your uh, one of your interviews quite recently, and uh, where you mentioned that. You had a panic attack and your fear was I'm having a heart attack.
1: Mm. Yeah. Now yeah.
0: not many people actually think that they just think, oh, it's just stress. I'll carry on. I'll go and grab a coffee, right? The worst thing. <laughs> I'll go and grab a coffee, sit down and have a coffee. Let me just put some more a more more sort of energetic fluid in me that's gonna make me feel even worse, right? Not knowing. But yeah. um but you actually had a heightened awareness that shit, this isn't right
1: yeah Colette, and I think, Colette
0: wake up and wake up and smell the coffee something's not right here you've got to do something your alarm bell yeah. started to ring
1: and and I think it was that um it was the the compound effect of all the things that I've been doing you know so it wasn't the the anxiety attack that got me that literally caused such bad chest pain I thought I was having a heart attack was and it's the first one I've had and I've not had one since so it was quite profound and it was the fact that I'd just been my lifestyle had been conducive to that happening at some point, but I'd not realised it because you know I thought it was healthy, mm. you know, it's like this naive way, you know, I, I eat, I can move, I'm not particularly overweight. Of course, there's nothing wrong with me. Um, but actually I wasn't very well rested, I wasn't well fed, I wasn't nourished. You not um, sleeping. You know, I wasn't sleeping um in a quality way, you know, I was getting into bed, but that quality of rest was not there. And yeah. And so when you actually look at it, no wonder. I mean, you know, my goodness. And it took me a while to get, uh, recompose myself, but I did. And it was a high pressure scenario I was in. Don't get me wrong, that was also part of the job. I was presenting in front of a board of people. So, you know, it's, um, a high pressure moment. But I thought, hold on a minute. Look at my age, right? I'm having this. I thought it was a heart attack. It's now gone. It's now completely gone. I'm completely fine. But, you know, that could happen again. And and surely that's, it just didn't compute. And I suddenly couldn't stay on that path. And a lot of people often say to me, oh, you were so brave to make that leap. You know, you've done a degree in IT, you've got a great career, you're well respected by your, you know, your peers and your, um, your management team, and you walked away from this. Um, hand the keys of your bmw back move out of the house you were living yeah. in work live in a flat and you spend all your money on on education and yeah said, some
0: people just change jobs <laughs> yeah
1: they just change job yeah yeah and uh, why would you do that <laughs> uh, are you mad and um i didn't have any any children at that point you know so there was it was you know i didn't have that in the equation any dependence um but equally it wasn't necessarily bravery but that the path I was currently on was no longer tenable because if you like the enlightenment that I'd already had was too bright Mm. to tell me that this is not for you and there's something else that's lighter brighter lighter you know all these like things um but it was so um, intuitive at that point I just couldn't stay on in the corporate raft any longer because I knew I needed to um, explore this
0: for myself,
1: but also for others.
0: Amazing. So you went back to being a student?
1: Oh, gosh, yeah, I did. So you were right. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) you were right. I did go back to being a a student. Um, And I feel like I am actually a bit of an eternal student, really, because I'm exploring the next phase of, you know, I would like really love to do a PhD in this realm of work. And so there's, uh, you know, some thoughts in that perspective. Um, yeah I did I went and did another undergraduate and then I did a master's as well so um within this area so I didn't just go once I went back twice and um yeah so I studied herbal medicine naturopathy and then personalized nutrition which was looking at the genetic expression um of our um nutrition and how that can impact our genes
0: and that led to the forming of optimum living
1: yes yeah
0: amazing and it's been what now 13 year 14 year journey
1: yeah wow mm.
0: wow so you so 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 here's the thing for everyone that's listening that this is like you know an awakening that you 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 had and you had the foresight and um the insight to say i need yeah. to do something and you turned what was your own personal health scare mm. into a mission Mm. so that you can help others that are going through the same because we, we you know not everyone is going to step away from a corporate career There's still you know otherwise you know what would happen to the world god forbid absolutely um, yeah. covid again but an economical one like we're going through now but that's another story but you set up optimum living and you're working with some major corporations now mm-hmm. uh, and like you said you know it is true employee well-being and the height of what happened during covid and even more so sort of now with, with what's going on financially employee well-being is, is, is a paramount sort of uh i think it's in the top 10 of um all corporate strategies to um to, to support to support the workers mm-hmm. what are you seeing in the common threads right now as optimum living within the corporate workspace that that tend to be you know the common signs that you're seeing that you know this is this is like ubiquitous across every company
1: well first of all that there is uh, a well-being team there's directors of well-being um and that's just the norm now. And obviously they just weren't apparent a decade ago. A few companies, you know, and they'll be the airy fairy companies that people would have described. Oh, they've got director well being, look at them, you know. Yeah, you know, we'll do that when we've got time. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um whereas now it's it just is, you know, part and parcel. So I guess that that's kind of the foundational element that they realize that there needs to be, because of the nature of our work today, and you mentioned the nine to five, it's not the nine to five, is it? Because we have technology that's so invasive and so always on that those boundaries that we used to have where we'd go into a workplace and finish at a certain time and leave our work there just no longer exists or hardly exists. Um, And these knowledge workers um, could literally just work through the night if they wanted from their own bed. They have all of the equipment and technology in order to support that. And we've made it like that. In fact, you and I, we, you know, we were part of that introduction. Yeah. So now our work today is redemption, isn't it? You know, it's like, please forgive us.
0: For yeah, yeah. Sorry, everyone.
1: Life. Yeah. We didn't mean it. Um, We didn't mean for you to really be, um, you know, replying from your Blackberry, as they were called in the time, you know, um, from your hospital bed. And, uh, you know, whilst you're putting your children to bed or, you know, at a children's play or whatever that those poignant moments that we say. You can just be accessible the whole time, and and so I think obviously what's good for people is generally good for business. So also companies are savvy, right? So they know yeah. that people have been overworked, burnout is at epic levels, and uh, we've we've never seen before. And so they realise there's actually a whole um, business and economic reason to invest in this piece. Yeah, of course, right? You know, we know that we were in sales. We know we give back to our
0: employees; to- they give more to us.
1: Yeah, ROI on everything. Um, <laughs> and so i think that's become just a bit more kind of a fixed mindset rather than let's just tick this box and do it yeah um what i'm also seeing is that the well-being programs that i was delivering in the past um were very much oh you come in and give it to us and then you can go home and then you know they've had it now um and you're like no no no, but that's a one-hit wonder right you need to really play uh, this into your culture and you need it needs to be hit every aspect from your recruitment to your initiation for new employees to the way people leave your company to the way people have one-to-ones to the way that they conduct meetings um, you know, it needs to it needs to be all encompassing. You can't just bring someone in. So it used to be something that was done to them, you know, done to the corporate. Whereas now they're looking, and they have like well being ambassadors and the mental health um, experts, and um, now menopause warriors, and so people that you can go and speak to that are actually within the company yeah. to talk about these things. So it's no longer that some well being is something that happens to them; it's something that they integrate into what they're trying to deliver. Um, and I say that they're still at the, the start of that. Mm. So they've treaded into it and there are some doing it better than others. But I still think there's no um, one company that I've worked with. And I've, I've worked with some really big multinational, global, successful, high-performing corporations. Um, but at the same time, um, there is a lot more emphasis on that.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. I think companies, are, what, what I've noticed, I mean, they're they're all trying different things like, you know, one day off a month to just spend on yourself or you know there's they're trying to create the environment of having meditation rooms or you know the, mm-hmm. the soft couches areas where they're playing you know sort of calm you know on headsets you know here you go here's okay. this available they're all trying everything but I think it's it's got to be something that's ingrained in the DNA of the company rather than just having a room or having great snacks replacing your Snickers and your Skittles with peanuts and, uh, you know, protein bars, it's, there's got to be more to it than that. I think, you know, um, I've, I've,
1: I've I've worked with
0: with a number of large corporations, and they've all tried little, little things. And I think that it's, it's got to be something that like you said, it's got to be ingrained in every aspect of the operation of the company. So from the from the moment you recruit, how you recruit, Mm. The people that you bring in have to have that understanding mm. um, that you can't interview the same everyone the same way. And that's one thing that's got to change massively, I think, in, in this in this world is how you interview people. It should be different mm. based on how the individual is. Understand have they had a mental health journey or you know, what is their personal background, you know, what is their family background and and adopt in that way. Um but one of the things that i am still seeing despite if organizations still do that one of the things i'm still seeing is this energy in the current working environment it's still something that i think that you know we, we we've come out of a um a two-year global transition i hate i'm not going to use the word but i'm going to call it transition mm-hmm. we, we, we've done that word to death and we're now in another transition economically which again is hitting globally um and you know we, we've had to adjust the way we work working yeah. from home, homeschooling, some are still homeschooling, some of us are still working from home or hybrid working. Um, a lot of people haven't accustomed to change. I want to come back to to nutrition because that's kind of where, yeah you know, you, you kind of started Optimum Living from. And I want to come back to nutrition in a bit because, uh you know, a bit of a personal sort of a uh, hand up. I'm really bad at it, right? You know, <laughs> work from home. I've been working from home for the last, God, when did I leave? When was that Vodafone? So 2002 been working from ever since but more so in the last two years 100% Mm -hmm. away from home and there are times of the day where I will go down 10-15 minutes and I'll see what's available but I'll go to the easiest thing first Mm. we all know what that is right Mm. those nice bright shiny bags (laughs) full of oily potato stuff with lovely flavoring or the salted nuts or the other stuff right there I say I won't go to the fridge and pull out a bag of spinach or a it carrots and dip it in some hummus or just mm. have it on its own
1: funny that yeah too much effort yeah
0: what i mean what are you seeing is you seeing that as well and if so what are you advising sort of uh, people to do or, you know from those people that work from home like me what are the best things that we should be doing
1: yeah so I um, mean, one of the key things that i still do is i still work within um teams and businesses and business unit and I still give people these tips but there's still an education piece that needs to be done as well as apologies that. Apologies
0: for my dog everyone sorry he's just seen a postman walk past sorry. <laughs> uh,
1: and so that you know that's still an important element is this education piece you know this exact example that you've just given me when we now have this hybrid working almost across the you know the every industry not all industries still obviously it can't be yeah. done And um, but you know more extensive than we've ever seen in the history of the working week Um, then we really have to condition our environment to be conducive to us being well. Mm. And nobody could have imagined what happened in the past few years, could have predicted that this was just suddenly going to happen. There was obviously um, a more gentle evolution towards home working, but you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself at home. And what used to happen at work is that there'd be a lunch break, and, and then you'd see colleagues, which would be a physical cue. Maybe someone's asked you to go for lunch and maybe you'll go to a, a canteen or a shop. So you have a little walk out, maybe get some fresh air. You'll pick something up that's made for you and come back with it and um, or hopefully eat it in the in the restaurant. Well, when those things are taken away, the physical cues, you know, the visual cues, the um, the the kind of reason for you to leave your desk. Uh, what what you know, you were finding more than ever is that people are just sat For longer and skipping meals. So, and rather than it being um, an eating disorder, it's disordered eating. So, you literally have this pattern where you have no set time when you break in the day. Mm. And you have no set time, perhaps even when you have breakfast and start the day. And so, I have a top tip, you know, firstly, is just to get some structure around that and stick to it. You know, so put that time in your diary that that's when you do break. Even if you're not hungry, you're taking a break. At that time um and the more you condition your body the more likely you actually are to to be hungry and um, once you take a rest um and the other thing is just don't bring the the bad stuff into the house you know so don't bring the stuff in because when you do that you're testing your willpower which is quite expensive actually willpower for energy um multiple times in the day because those you know shiny bags of um salty snacks are going to be singing your name we're still here we're waiting for you to snack on us and it's a recurring thought that goes around our head and then we just have that mindless moment before you know you've eaten them yeah and you actually did you really enjoy them probably not you know maybe the first bite (laughs) and then you forgot about that you was even eating them because you were scrolling through something on social media and um but when we do this regularly so if that's a one-off who cares right it's not the things that we do once in a while that affects the trajectory of our health. It's something that we're doing daily.
0: Consistently. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's what happens is we're doing this consistently. We're not having yeah. taking a break. So we have like this disordered eating pattern. And when we do take a break, it's for snack food. And mm. the reason we could snack on it is because it's there. Because we've brought yeah. it into our house. So we're actually True. feeding, uh, doing ourselves an, our own disservice. So my, my top tip is just don't bring it into the house. You don't have to test your willpower. Um, You don't have to mindlessly eat. And then you have loads of the good stuff in. Mm. And then what happens is, if you really are in that moment where it's just, you know, you're searching for food, which we all get, and you open the cupboard, you're going to just pick something else up that's going to actually feed you. And that's the difference. Is, yeah don't that's use great. your willpower at home um, and then when you're out and about on the street you know and you go into a coffee shop and they've got this most amazing cake that's been half of a slice you know if you really fancy that but don't bring a cake into the house that you're yeah. going to be to slice of in the morning in the afternoon oh I'll have another one just after dinner you know and, and before you know it that's become like half of your food that day yeah and it's just not feeding you really in the right way when we it's all context. When no, you you're
0: just it? filling a gap, filling a void, aren't you? You're not really doing it. Yeah, no, I like that. Uh, I mean, really, I'll put my hand up. I don't do it badly. Okay. It's a, it's not a consistent thing. It's been it's been something I've.
1: <laughs> I let you uh, off. <laughs> yeah, it's been
0: something that that um, the reason why I said I know so many people that do, mm. and so worthwhile sort of sharing that with everyone. One of the things that I've started to do is well, what Sonia's done. She's, I mean, we've got a massive bowl of fruit right at the end of the island, so it's the first thing you see when you get it. So it's rather than going all the way around and we've put it, you know, there's a little thing that putting stuff further away. And and so just grabbing an apple and coming up and she leaves a protein bar there. So like, great, I'll just grab that and come up.
1: And this is what I can grab. Yeah. You know, I can grab seasonal fruit. That's just in front of me. Yeah. If that's there, then that's what I'm going to go for. And I'm not going to go for a a biscuit, you know,
0: totally. it's,
1: It's just the reality of it and the nature in which we work. If something's mindless, we don't have to think about it. Of course, we're just going to do that instead. Yeah. And that prompt is really powerful because um, actually in, in in our book, How to Have the Energy, um, myself and my co-author, Graham Alcott, wrote, um, we talk about, um, you know, these, these kind of really small cues, visual cues that we can have in our lives, which will take us down the right path versus the wrong path. And there was a study that was done in... Um, uh, a restaurant at work where if they put like uh, a bowl of candies you know at the at the checkout that their their candy sales would go up because it's just the last thing you see is you're, yeah. you can't have one of those but equally if they swap that for a fruit bowl then their their fruit their fruit uh, sales would go up and I think the the amount was like 120 percent, roughly along those lines you know <laughs> that that's the amount that it would go up by the, those sales just by positioning it in the right place. And yeah. it's just that art of suggestion play to our strengths as human beings. We like to be suggested to, we don't it's want true. to be on the search of, you yeah. know, we've got yeah. too much going on. Mm-hmm. So you have to um, give these future gifts to yourself, which is another term that I use within the book. Um, you have to invest some time upfront to have the future gifts. And but it doesn't have to be too big. If you know what you're going for to the supermarket or in your online shop, then you know where to start. And ultimately, we eat good food if we have good food in our fridge, if we have good food in our bowls and in our cupboards. No one's going to stop that for you. That's our responsibility. And we can control that.
0: And another thing I think what I want to add to that, I love that, Colette, thank you, is that current climate we everyone's sort of finding the pinch with the pennies and and, Mm -hmm. and whatever and actually ironically it's the processed food that's costing more than the fresh food Mm -hmm. and and yet because we've been conditioned to just eating processed food Mm -hmm. all our lives that's where we're seeing the pinch and you know but you know but just buying some fresh ingredients and you have this I know you have this kind of uh uh, theory of 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 the one food or one item, you know, like it's you know uh, a bowl of broccoli or mm-hmm. it's rice, and then suddenly you take these one item foods, one food. Item, I can't remember what, what phrase you used, um, and you put them together, and you've got suddenly a dish.
1: Single ingredient food. Single ingredient yeah. food. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. and it's
0: just so simple because it's you know um, we don't think that way because we've been we've been thought we've been programmed by media by uh, you know over time by tv by shows you know that whole processed dish stick in a microwave it's job done great that's easy but actually now mm-hmm. there's a whole a whole emergence of you know cookery programs showing you how, you know jamie's one minute meals and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. um which is it's telling you that actually it. Yeah.
1: It i don't think he's quite well. on the one minute yet but yeah it's definitely-
0: yeah well 10 minute meals sorry <laughs> yeah um, the one minute <laughs> meal is a microwave meal sorry let's go back that's, that's the wrong one to have. Um, um, one thing we found in our family that it's actually an experience now mm-hmm. so you know for all of us it's, it's actually all of us when the kids are at home we're all in the kitchen and it's a great, great environment to have we're all cooking together and here we are cooking the sing- taking single ingredients and, and putting something together mm-hmm. and there's a real desire at the end when you see it ready and it's hot on a plate that you know you know, Rishi would say when you say I did that, and Sonia would say, "Yeah, I'm the one that did this," and I say, "I chopped this," and then you'll put it together. It's such a great experience, and I think that's what we don't really realize. And I th- and I know that's something that 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 you talk about as well is that whole idea mm. of creation of food is actually when you bring the family together, it's it is a family thing.
1: Mm. Food is so central to our being, and there's a proverb that says, um, "When you cook from scratch, you actually get fed twice." I love that. Yeah so that's what we're missing when we pay someone else to do that piece for us and we're kind of marketed to every aspect of food these days and so the thing that you're buying which seems convenient is anything but convenient Uh, it has maybe usually like a grandma on the front or a chef on the front it's never seen a chef it was The menu was designed in a lab by scientists that wear plastic glasses and masks, you know, that they pick the food items to create the flavors. And, um, you know, it's not been made in a kitchen, it's been made in a factory and Mm -hmm. all of those things are designed in a lab, most likely the ingredients picked from a selection and then made in a factory. And all of those, the other levels of nourishment that we get from food are then completely bypassed. We're then now spending a lot on this expensive pre-prepared product and thinking that we're getting a bargain. And in fact, we've actually lost out on so many other aspects that we could have been part of. And when people say that food is expensive, I absolutely understand that, that, you know, and especially right now, um, that everything is being more noted, you know, what, where we spend things, but I see food as the most important expense, because if you don't invest now you pay with your health. Yeah. And that for me is, the biggest expense I could pay.
0: I love that. You, you, it's beautiful way you say that. It's, it's, you know, one of the things that, that I talk about as a mindset coach is, uh, you know, the biggest investment we can make is in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you've just advocated the same thing, like from a mm-hmm. food sensor point, because you are making, by putting good stuff into your body You will reap the rewards in the future with longevity with better health better well-being better muscles better gut etc and the same goes with what i do with the mind is you know whatever you put into the mind and the body you know Mm -hmm. that whole thing you know it's an investment in yourself and i love that one of the things that we are seeing though more so trends and we we spoke about this before before um, um and we're seeing a lot more of this now and a lot of it is because of the way we work and our working environment has changed and we're seeing more and more people, I'm seeing more and more people talk about chronic pain. I know like my wife suffers from chronic pain, but that's medically fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. Where does nutrition play in chronic pain? And I know there are different levels of chronic pain, but overall, what, how can nutrition impact pain for people?
1: Well, I think it's always good to caveat that pain, uh, you know, can be caused by a number of different factors. But what we know about most conditions is that there's an inflammation component and where the inflammation is high, that the pain is going to be intensified and worse. And what food can do is play a really massive role in controlling systemic inflammation. And it's massively missed in treatment right now.
0: Yeah. And um, it's specific foods, right? Because when we talk about natural foods, they all contain, they all have their own qualities and nutrients that can mm-hmm. impact pain in a different way.
1: Yeah. Well, we go going back to that kind of, rule if you like to live by which is eat mainly from single ingredient foods so these are foods that have grown these are foods that have lived um whether that be fish or uh, beef or um, an egg or um, carrots and turnips and whatever so single ingredient foods that doesn't actually isn't born with a barcode on it and isn't wrapped and probably doesn't have a marketing agency that uh you know sell it (laughs) to you so when we have that as our baseline that's where we start to then build from. And then some of the aspects that I have within how to have the energy uh, the book is this nine uh, point plan, uh, which is all about how to build your energy. It's called the high energy plan. And one of them is eat the rainbow. So that's a really simple instruction. Um, but for most people, they go, well, what does that entirely mean? It means to eat as many different colors in one day as you possibly can. Um, so that's your fruit and vegetables with a, a focus really on the veg because this is where we're going to get most of the good stuff with less of the fructose so less of the sugar. Don't get me wrong. A little bit. okay. Um, within fruit and I absolutely would not say to not eat fruits, but you know, your veggies, uh, you get some of the the kind of really powerful anti-inflammatories, mm. um, at no cost on the sugar marker kind of thing. Um, if you look at things like um, broccoli, um, it creates a really, it has a really powerful compound. In it calls sulforaphane, which is incredibly anti carcinogenic it is anti-inflammatory um it helps with uh the, the liver function um you know it does all of these incredible things i mean if you had a marketing person on broccoli wow they could go to town they'll be like what this product has all of these things then at the end you say oh it's a piece of broccoli they'd be like oh you know but they they could market this and you would be going and spending all this money on this product you know, as we see now on social media, we're marketed to all of these kind of green powders that are, um, they work out at five pounds a day or three pounds a day or whatever it is. But they're not cheap. Mm. Whereas you can go and buy some broccoli and some other friends from that family, the cruciferous family. So like your kales and your cauliflowers and, and those kind of things, your Brussels sprouts every day, eat a different one. And you're getting such an injection of not just sulforaphane, but such powerful compounds. So, you know, green veggies are just one place to start. But then as you build that rainbow, you just get more powerful. And, you know, a really simple question I ask a lot of people in kind of workshops that I run is how many colors have you eaten today? You know, it's midday. How many colors have you eaten? When they say beige, I go, "Why? how powerful do you feel? (laughs) I've had eight or nine. I'm pretty, you know, good you've had none. My God, you need to top up at lunch. And I sit with them at lunch and you should see their place. And at the end of it, they go, I've really enjoyed my lunch, like more so than ever. Wow, that was tasty. And I said, well, why did you not pick that before now? And they're like, I don't know. It's just what I do. I just grab a toasty. I just grab a wrap. And you're like, okay, well, what, you know, is it, is this going to be something you can do every day? Yeah. And and because I've been in this now for over a decade, I'm still in contact with some of the people with my workshops. And they still send me WhatsApps of their lunch a decade on. <laughs> They're still doing this stuff. And so once you make that step change, it's actually harder to make the reverse. And I think yeah. this is the difference in diets and, and things that are very restrictive or cut a whole food grow out, for example, that it's then hard to maintain. And so if you make it, actually all about abundance and inclusive and what can you put on your plate because you want to be better you want to have feel that energy and feel that strength not normalize just feeling a bit grotty then to go back to it is actually hard harder than Mm. you think so it kind of feeds itself if you don't mind rainbow
0: rainbow colors are important (laughs) rainbow colors are preferably not in a packet with a barcode (laughs)
1: no no not that marketing one that you know yeah, not about.
0: your gummy bears and your bag of skittles <laughs> definitely ignore that because that's still the rainbow now. um we talked about something that 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 you talked about earlier and, and I loved it and you talked about the different levels of rest I think it was emotional mm-hmm. rest and, and can you share that with everyone because I, I really loved it and I think it'd be really good to share with with you know uh, I yeah. you're reading something out earlier
1: yes that's right so um I think I think this is this is like more getting into the complexities of taking care of ourselves, because I think there's a lot of stuff on sleep now. There's a lot of stuff on nutrition um, movement. You know, you can't I can't spend a moment on social media without being shown some sort of video of someone moving, you know, doing some <laughs> sort of new exercise, which is the best one for, you know, your quads or uh, your glutes or to get a six pack. You know, there's lots of information out there. Uh, but there's also a gap that I feel, which is rest. So sleep, yeah, I believe is covered. Um, but there's, I, I read something recently that really broke it down, which is, um the seven types of rest. And so the physical rest, that sleep and that taking breaks, that's first the first part of it. But That tends to be the one that we most take care of mm. or are aware of, not necessarily taken care of, shall I say. But then there's the, the mental rest. And this is kind of the the brain dump, getting things out off your um, out of your thoughts and onto something else. Maybe that be paper for me is paper
0: journaling. Yeah,
1: yeah, scheduling worry time. Yeah, you know? so actually a time when that's okay because worry is part of the human condition. Yep. Sensory rest, so unplugging, but truly unplugging, mm-hmm. having that time with just not being available. That's one, one for me that I really enjoy. There's also an element of our spiritual rest. So this is not necessarily about religion, but it's about how you could perhaps meditate or have some mindfulness moments and maybe pray, depending on you know what that, that means for you. And social rest. So this carries on, you know, and this could be spending more time with people that really uh, radiate positivity around you. So they bring out your best self. Well, equally, it could be to have some rest from maybe the social engagements that don't yeah. do well, and recognizing them for yourself that they are draining for you. Yeah. Um, and then the the sixth one is emotional rest, uh, and this is ensuring that you have um boundaries around what it is that you do and do not do. I know for myself, in my younger years, I was very much uh, a people pleaser. I've still got that. I'm still, you know, not fully reformed people pleaser. I'm working on it. Yeah. Um, but I say yes to things that then make me uncomfortable later on. Um, and I think that's really important that if that is you, that you do need that rest for yourself and you need, you need to set those boundaries. And those these boundaries are not that you're being, um, you know, a, a difficult person. It is that you uh, need this to be your best self. So seeing it in that way helped me um and also connecting with people that you really truly trust i think that's a i love that yeah that's yeah. a really important part of our emotional battery yeah
0: yeah and then the final one... one yeah oh, go sorry. On. sorry go go Then I go on final one
1: the final one is creative rest and um this this is something that i do quite intuitively which is i go for a walk in nature something like that but one that i would like to, to start doing is more arts and crafty things because i have a small daughter I find that quite freeing. So yeah, just get in a paintbrush and talk about creative rest. And I think that's a really important aspect for us as, as adults, because we don't do that play, do we? No. It's not
0: factored no. in. No, it's not factored <laughs> in. And, and I think the beauty of that is it, it gives the opportunity to to kind of uh, um uh, kind of really uh, rediscover your inner child. Um like, for, for, like, just over, over, like, I remember my, um, the boys were saying to me, Dad, what do you want for Christmas? I said, Get me Lego. I went, Lego? So, yeah, just get me Lego. I really want a set of Lego. <laughs> just to kind of, you know, relive my childhood. And I think, it's, and and so, 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 my, so my youngest. You'd boy, enjoy dad,
1: our lounge then, So
0: a... <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely go, well, well, Rishi basically brought me over. dad, here's my old Lego. Just take that. That's brilliant. It's the best thing. He just gave me his old Lego. And was, that's it. It started getting crazy. <laughs> but, um, Colette, mm-hmm. we uncovered so many nuggets, so many nuggets. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I will definitely be listening to this over and over again, making notes, journaling myself, both creative rest in that and emotional rest all in one. Um,
1: yeah, there's lots of, there's seven aspects of that. So I realize there's quite a few numbers there, but I always say like, start with the one that resonated the most. That's a really usually a good direction.
0: Yeah. And, and then build on that. Start with one. Yeah. And yeah. And, and I and I totally agree Like I journal like crazy. I've got four or five different journals for different aspects of life. One for business, one for mindset, one for just dumping my thoughts. Like when mm-hmm. I'm in situations where I think, ah, like, you know, just write down. And it's my scribble because I can rub it out again and not worry about it. And that's mm-hmm. the other thing is getting it. It's like, I almost call it, it's, it's my kind of Dumbledore pensive moment. For any Harry Potter fans out there, you know, taking the thought out of your head and putting it into into that well and rubbing away—that's what I do. That's a nice one,
1: yeah. And, and I love giving
0: that analogy because everyone can relate to that. That you know, mm-hmm. that, that pensive moment, um, and um, and it really does help. And, it, and it's kind of a, I feel like a sense of release after that. And then go for a walk with Ralphie. Go out and, and grab a walk. And that, that's kind of what I do. Um, I want to end with my what I call final five.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're totally unprepared for this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Secrets.
0: So number one question, what's your biggest vice?
1: Oh, that's a really interesting question. I don't know how to answer that one. Um, what's different thoughts coming in and out? Hmm. I, so I, I always see his vice as like, you know, could it be something that you're cheating on or something like that? Um, but actually one of the things that I in joy more than anything right now is sitting and just having time to read. It always feels like really indulgent. And when you've got a child under the age of four, <laughs> it's hard to get that time to do it. So when I do, I just feel really topped top. up. Um, and because I don't get the chance to do that as often as I'd like, I listen to podcasts while I'm emptying the dishwasher or, yeah. you know, um, putting the washing away and that kind of thing. So I guess it's a bit boring. <laughs> in some ways but that is it you know i i've just got like this really curious nature um that i always want to learn and when i get the chance to do it uh it just feels like a real luxury these days
0: yeah no I, i love that i was uh my my old mentor the late and great bob proctor used to say that learning never stops when you get your degree learning continues till the day you die Mm, learning every yeah. day of our life and i remember um even so he, he passed away february last year january last year no february last year and apparently he was uh linda his, his wife said that even the week before he passed away he was still writing a book he almost finished writing his third book in hospital and he finished another coaching program for the proctor gallagher institute so he was Incredible. continuously and he was learning
1: yeah it it was reading
0: the Bhagavad Gita at the time so it's all these kind of things it's it's beautiful I think learning continues
1: and just one other thing there, something that I have found since my daughter I couldn't really get the uh the vice of it before then was coffee (laughs) so I really love a good coffee now and I try and stick to one a day um but uh yeah it's one of the things that I really it's a non-negotiable for me and I used to talk people out of it (laughs) (laughs) But, I, i've yeah. gone
0: from three to one great like three a day i'm now one in the morning and that's it
1: yeah that's the way to do it you know kind of measure it get it in before lunchtime yeah. and have it with after you've had a bit of food um context is king with caffeine and stymia, yeah you know? definitely yeah I, I do like my coffee mm.
0: number two greatest netflix or prime show of all time for colette
1: wow oh what have i really really enjoyed watching um i like the crown probably like a guilty pleasure is that i like below deck have you watched that i haven't
0: <laughs> watched that yet no
1: <laughs> it's basically like an insight into like the super rich and famous on luxury yachts um and it's completely like um you know you're not going to learn anything from that uh tv <laughs> but if i just had a day i just put below deck on and think okay <laughs> It's going to zone out into this world of yachting and it's all of the things that go on beneath it you know beneath the 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 charade of the luxury. It's these actual people running around getting things wrong and falling in love and then having massive arguments because they're now no longer i'm gonna have
0: love. to watch one or two now just to get the gist of it yeah
1: so so probably some of those um yeah uh but i've watched quite a few netflix things in over the over the years fowder which was a really good one that was based in israel have you seen that one yeah that yeah is good. That, that i thought that was uh pretty good thinking about more gritty which is just like
0: yeah no that was good, that was good. <laughs> okay number three what new skill have you picked up in the last 12 months
1: um wow what new skill I've been cultivating the most? Uh, probably patience <laughs> with a little girl. Um, it's quite defiant. Um, yeah, because I haven't done anything so much as like academia in the past year. Um, I always buy the most recent health and well-being and nutrition box. Um, so I'm always kind of topping up that. Um, as a more gradual thing, but. One of the things I've become more aware of um, in the each starting each day is probably um, setting your intention for the day. Um, because uh, when you are a working mom and there's lots of things going on, which you and I described, you know, earlier, there's a lot going on in my life that um, you know the day can just run away with you. Mm-hmm. So I always say that. I, t- I talk about a lot with food, so I don't. I always say like breakfast is not necessarily the most important meal of the day, but it sets your tone. Well, actually, what sets your tone is even before you get out of bed. So I do a bit of intention setting each day, and that's so momentary. Yeah. Uh, so if you are a really busy person, you know, you're busy um, working parent or whatever it is that you're doing, that is finding pockets for these things that are mm. repeatable. And that one for me is. So that's something that I do every morning is I set an intention of how I want the day to go. Yeah. Um, and then that's just for me, just I'm grabbing hold of, you know, you started off with that chariot analogy and I'm grabbing of the reins early on.
0: Yeah, so. no, I think, you know- I might,
1: we, I might go off the rails, <laughs> but you know- But we I, may I, do
0: I, during I, the day. I think we may, I, I think the beauty of that in the morning is that you're, when you come out of sleep, I, I know so many people and I was victim to that. We were all victim to that, you know, grabbing our phone and seeing the latest email and and and, and you start your day with worry you know, or you start mm-hmm. your day with, Oh my God, I better get to that quickly. So you forget about, you know, whereas, you know, you should kind of build a routine for sleep and for, and and for, for waking out of sleep as a gradual. And and I love to say that, you know, journaling before and at the end of the day is really important or reading yeah. a book before you go to sleep rather than switching the telly off. Yeah. You know, um, I definitely say, you know, the 15 minutes before you wake up are important, a little bit of water, warm water, Mm -hmm. and intentional drinking of water not just gulping it down and then journaling gratitude setting your intention for the day what are my non-negotiables for the day Mm. Um, they may even be i'm going to sleep early tonight or i'm actually going to take iris to the park because it's a lovely day Mm -hmm. things like that it's just really nice to kind of set that day up and it gives you something to look forward to Um, and then get into work
1: exactly exactly that yeah so that is something, a practice that I believe I've kind of cultivated now, and it is just part of what I do and my, you know, and that those first waking moments, I just think about that. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Right, for an avid reader, mm-hmm. one book that you would read over and over and over again, other than your own?
1: Oh, obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, apart from how to have the energy. Um, uh, gosh, there's a number of books that would probably fall into that category um but there's one that's called the healing power of illness and the wisdom that that book contains every time I pick it up and read another page or another chapter I just think wow I didn't get that first time and um it's a uh, uh, it was written by a German author um and I can't think of his name just now but I will give it to you I know that the surname is death lesson but I can't think of his first name and um yeah so the healing power of illness was written many years ago and it's actually out of publication now so it's hard to get a hold of a copy but it just kind of repositioned um illness as part of a bigger system so Mm -hmm. you don't do this and get that it's actually just so much part of your identity and who you are um, and often like a symptom will be there to perhaps make you change your path. You know, just like I had that anxiety attack. I did. It started the ball rolling for me that then, you know, I never changed uh, direction after that, but for others, it can be, you know, signifying some other things within, the, within the body and mind. And so, yeah, I think I'll never get bored of that book. Um, yes. Yeah, so that probably my n- number one healing powerfulness.
0: Well. Wow. And last and final question. Mm -hmm. And don't do me any injustice here, please. Favourite restaurant and why?
1: (laughs) Oh, God. I know he talks about
0: not not doing that, but there must be some place.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. No, I love eating out. It's like one of my biggest passions in life. Um, But I think this is an easy one for me. Otto Lenghi and uh, yes. any of his restaurants. I absolutely love him. I adore him. I've met him a few times. I'm sure he doesn't remember me, but I really like him. And, you know, of all of his cookbooks. I just love his work. I love the way that he brings flavors together. So clever. I mean, what he can do to an aubergine. Wow. You know, it's like the best meal ever. And an aubergine, an au- aubergine is just like this black, this bland <laughs> item that you just you know, throw into stuff. and. Yeah, so Otto Lenghi's. Otto um, Lenghi's, yeah, they've got some good few, places. He's, he's got a few, so no yeah. people on, and um, yeah, so.
0: Well, Colette, we covered so many things. Thank you so much.
1: Mm-hmm. It's been a real Thank
0: pleasure. You. It's been a, a real learning experience for me as well, and especially seeing you go from the student.
1: <laughs> the student <laughs> to the, the student. Corporate
0: life to the student again to then starting Optimal Living and impacting thousands of lives. I think that's amazing, and I think that's all we want as... As coaches in one form or another, is to be in service of others, and uh, um, and I will be sharing your book in 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 the notes. So you know, um, if you how to have the energy is the book. It's on Amazon. So I will share the link and mm-hmm. um, and also your website. So if anyone wants to reach out to you for their company, mm-hmm. um, please do. Brav Colette, uh, she's amazing. Um, I remember the first time I met her. Uh, she had this desire to just take over the world and she is and I'm glad to see that and so happy to <laughs> see that and honored and humbled mm. happy today thank so you so for
1: thank you Vikas
0: thank you for joining today's episode if you'd like to contact me then you can message me and follow me on Instagram at vcasaurora 1 so until we meet again and as always I hope you truly have an abundant day And I will see you soon on Conscious Conversations.